Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Hello again, everybody. Welcome into Gamecock Central Radio. Emerson Phillips joined by the captain, Kerry Rich, to talk Gamecock men's basketball. An historic start to this 2015-2016 season for the Gamecock men's basketball team under head coach Frank Martin. Kerry Rich joins me now. And Kerry really has been a fun ride through the early portion of the season. The Gamecocks wrapped up non-conference play with a home victory over Memphis on Saturday, a game that turned out to be a foul fest and a game that South Carolina won. There were 99 free throw attempts combined by the two teams in this game on Saturday. But that win gives South Carolina a 13-0 and record. And South Carolina unbeaten in the non-conference portion of the schedule with SEC play scheduled to start tomorrow night at Auburn. Kerry, first of all, I hope you had a good holiday season. How are you getting along? I'm doing absolutely wonderful. A very busy holiday season from, from a basketball standpoint. I uh, was a part of a lot of the high school events, uh, namely the Chick-fil-A and just getting out uh, to the Bojangles and uh, just trying to just get out to a lot of high school basketball games to go along with, you know, certainly the Gamecocks and following and then keeping up and, and trying to uh, analyze what's taking place with this basketball team so far. I, I read something from Seth Davis uh, of CBS the other day, and he said, uh, raise your hand if you had South Carolina undefeated January the 2nd. And um, I think it's safe to say that nobody probably um, – was in position to raise their hands, predicting South Carolina to be undefeated January the second. Right, Gary. Uh, we did a podcast for Gamecock Central Radio several weeks ago, and uh, we talked about the fact that uh, this Gamecock men's team figured to be improved this year, and I think we both expected to see better results from Frank Martin's ball club. But I don't think we had any idea that they were going to run the table in the non-conference portion of the schedule and be 13-0 and heading into SEC play. So, you're right, the Gamecocks picked to finish seventh in the conference. And, you know, I'm not saying that that was um, necessarily a guesstimate that was way off mark. But I felt like uh, South Carolina had the chance to have a pretty good team this year. And sure enough, through 13 games, the Gamecocks are one of just three unbeaten teams in men's college basketball. Well, um, since you don't want to say it, I'll say it. Uh, I, I do think that was way too low for the Gamecocks and <laughs> You know, for me, when I um, when I make an assessment or, or whenever I'm projecting how well a team is going to play or, or what uh, they're going to be able to do in conference play, you know, not only do I look at the team itself, but I also look at the movement and, and just the overall moving parts in the rest of the conference. And, you know, I think the one thing that uh, we have to remember is that 
there were a lot of moving parts in the SEC this offseason. A lot of new basketball coaches. And, uh, you know, I, I know some of the highest were, were considered to be sexy. I know some of the highest generated a lot of excitement because of, you know, maybe some big-name guys uh, now joining certain programs. Avery Johnson going to Alabama, Ben Howland, but what he did at UCLA, he's now in Mississippi State. Uh, Rick Barnes uh, went to 15, 16 straight NCAA tournaments out of Texas. He's now in Tennessee. You, you know, so I understand the, the, the excitement that that generates. But the one thing that I also understand, just from my experience as a former basketball player, not only uh, just as a former basketball player, just never detaching myself from uh, the everyday grind and SEC basketball. So you're talking about, you know, a 20-year intimate relationship with the SEC when it comes to basketball. So I, I kind of understand the inner workings. I understand how it works, and I know to be successful at this level, you got to have a few things, especially in the SEC. you got to, you know, have some experience. South Carolina has experience. Uh, you got to have some guys that are good enough to make plays. South Carolina, through that experience, now have guys that are good enough to make plays. Michael Carrera has been the best basketball player on the team. He's been by far the most persistent basketball player, but also I think he's been the most surprising basketball player on this team because of his ability to not only, you know, shoot the jump shot. I knew he was a, he was a decent, uh, a pretty good perimeter basketball shooter um, because I see him over in the summer league. I see him at the program every summer. Uh, last year when they tried to make the move uh, to, the, uh, to the perimeter with Michael Carrera, uh, there were just too many other parts that he couldn't really grasp. Well, now He's a senior. He's not thinking about some of those other parts. He's just playing basketball. He's comfortable, and he's become one heck of a basketball leader for his teammates. And he's been so, so good. And you also have to have athleticism. Uh, you know, with the freshman in, in particular, uh, Chris Silva, uh, Michael Carrera is very athletic. TJ Dozier is athletic, even though he's a freshman. Chris Silva is a freshman. But we're seeing guys now um, – and, and led by the, the experienced guys, third and fourth year guys, now good enough to impact this basketball team. And when you look at the new coaches that, you know, that I talked about earlier, uh, yeah, they, they have some third and fourth year guys, but the only difference is, you know, those third and fourth year guys were playing in year number one under those new coaches. That's a difficult transition. If you don't believe me, ask Frank Martin four years ago. Talking Gamecock basketball with Kerry Rich here. I'm Emerson Phillips, and this is Gamecock Central Radio. We want to invite you to download the free phone apps that allow you to listen to Gamecock Central Radio on your phone. We have an iPhone app. We also have an Android app, and we're on iTunes. Simply search Gamecock Central Radio for all three. Kerry, talk about uh, the early schedule here as we get ready to open SEC plate at Auburn. The Gamecocks had a couple of wins, Norfolk State and Oral Roberts, to open the year, and then they really picked up some confidence when they went to the U.S. Virgin Islands, and they won the Paradise Jam tournament down there. Three wins in four days down there, and you, you told us here on Gamecock Central Radio before that tournament started that the Gamecocks had every intention of going down there to win, and they did win. They won three games down there, and that kind of started the season off right, and since that time, the Gamecocks have beaten Lipscomb, Western Carolina, South Florida, Drexel, Clemson, St. John's, Francis Marion, and Memphis. So some quality opponents in there for this 13-0 start, Kerry, but you know, certainly not the toughest strength of schedule in the country. But the bottom line is 
uh, every time the Gamecocks have suited up this year, they've come out a winner. Yeah, and, and I think the, uh, the, the point is, uh, yeah, people can talk about the quality wins or lack thereof, but for me, I'm going to concentrate on the fact that they're undefeated. I'm going to concentrate on the fact that uh, they've gained a lot of confidence uh, through that undefeated record. I'm going to concentrate on the fact that they got some really impressive wins, even going back to Hofstra, going back to Tulsa, two senior-oriented basketball teams, St. John's. Yes, they're down, but you're talking about a team that's full of tradition. Memphis, there could not have been a better opponent prior to the start of SEC play than the Memphis Tigers. I spoke to one of the coaches after the game, and he said just that. When it comes to athleticism, physicality, and toughness at the post position, uh, they aren't going to find many many teams in the SEC that will surpass what Memphis brought to the table in those categories. Let's not forget Clemson. To go to Clemson, who, by the way, just beat uh, a Florida State team that's you know that's hanging in there with North Carolina right now. Uh, you know, South Carolina. Yeah, I get it. You know about the, the quality wins, the lack thereof. But I'm thinking about the fact that this is a team that's playing with a lot of confidence. I'm thinking about the fact that this is a team that that has a has a bunch of players that know their roles, players that know where their shots are coming from, players who have accepted the roles that they've been given, players who are now excelling at those roles. And you know, I, I think it's going to be a tremendous challenge for them going on the road tomorrow. But I also think it's a challenge that they can overcome going to Auburn. Uh, you know, yes, South Carolina's 0-4 their last four season openers, but the one thing that I know about this basketball team is, you know, unlike years before, you knew they were going to be very good defensively. That's their constant. That's their calling card. That's their identity. Toughness, playing defense, playing smart. Well, now they have enough offense to go along with what they're doing defensively. They're going to need that offense tomorrow because they're going up against a very talented point guard in Kareem Kenty, a New York City point guard that averages right at about 20 points a game. Uh, he's really, really good off the dribble. He's really, really good at attacking the basket. He wants to get inside the paint to make a play, and it's going to be a challenge for the Gamecocks on the perimeter defensively. They're going to have to do a really good job of keeping him out of the paint because, you know, as a New York City point guard, he gets going when he's able to get into the paint. He gets going when he's able to make moves off the bounce. Well, this is a basketball team defensively. Uh, I haven't seen many point guards. I haven't seen many PGs that's just uh, – that's just good enough to single-handedly beat the Gamecocks with dribble penetration, single-handedly good enough to beat them with their offensive production. Certainly, it's going to be a hostile crowd, a hostile crowd, 12,000, Bruce Pearl. He's going to have those guys hyped. He's going to have the crowd ready. A good test, a first, the, the, the first real road test for South Carolina. One may say, well, they went to Clemson. Yes, Clemson was a road game, but, uh, anybody that was in the arena that night probably would say uh, it was more South Carolina fans in the building than Clemson fans. They got to pack their defense, they got to pack their hearts, they got to pack their effort, and they got to be ready to play from the start. All right, it's South Carolina at Auburn, 7 o'clock Eastern time tip-off in Auburn for the Gamecock men's basketball team as they open SEC play, and then the Gamecocks will return home for a Saturday afternoon game against Vanderbilt, 3 o'clock tip, a matinee at the CLA for Vandy. And, Kerry, uh, taking a look ahead a little bit, we know that uh, both Auburn and Vandy, the Gamecocks' first two opponents on the SEC schedule, have already played one conference game. You mentioned uh, Auburn beat Tennessee on Saturday, and 
Vanderbilt lost at home to this LSU team that's led by the highly regarded freshman Ben Simmons, maybe the best freshman in the country this year. No doubt, he's the best freshman in the country. And uh, you know, coming out of high school, I mean, yeah, coming out of high school, I remember when the SEC, uh, the media, uh, polled the best a preseason player of the year, and uh, I took offense to it. I just thought it was uh, disrespectful uh, to uh, have a freshman as being the SEC player of the year. I thought it was premature because even though he did a lot in high school, we hadn't seen him do it on this level yet. And several of my buddies in the coaching industry called, and they texted me and said, you know what, Kerry? I feel you. I understand you. But this guy right here is worthy. Uh, he's that good. And surely enough, he hasn't disappointed. He hasn't let anybody down. He's a tremendous talent. And that basketball team has geared and senses everything they want to do as a team around this individual talent. Now, I don't know how far that's going to take them when it comes to conference wins uh, because, you know, it becomes a little bit tougher once you get into conference play. You know, teams take away what you do best because they have more time to prepare for you. Uh, there's a familiarity that's shared uh, amongst conference teams. I don't know how far that's going to take them as a team. Individually, yes, he's absolutely the best guy in college right now as a freshman basketball player. But um, uh, they were able to go to Vanderbilt, a team that most people had, you know, as one of the absolute best teams in the SEC. Almost a dark horse to win the conference outside of Kentucky, outside of Texas and uh, They got out to a slow start. I think they've lost three or four games. I know they also have a key injury. I think that key injury has taken a toll on this Vanderbilt basketball team. But nevertheless, for LSU to go into Memorial Gymnasium, which is one of the most difficult places to play in all of college basketball, certainly the SEC, to come out victorious, I think that says a lot about Ben Simmons' ability and the team's ability to uh, team's ability to, you know, kind of follow him and 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 and, and play out his individual talents. Gamecock men's basketball getting ready to start the SEC slate Tuesday night, seven o'clock tip at Auburn, and then a home game, a matinee Saturday, three o'clock start at the Colonial Life Arena for the Vanderbilt Commodores. And this is Gamecock Central Radio. Emerson Phillips with Kerry Rich. You can get breaking Gamecock news alerts delivered to your email inbox. All you got to do is text USC to four two eight two eight. Text USC to 42828 or visit the Gamecock Central homepage for more information. Kerry, tell me more about this Gamecock men's team that is undefeated, 13-0, ranked as high as number 20 in the country. Talk about style of play. You talked about uh, defense, and that's what this team excels at. Talk more specifically about what this Gamecock club is doing well this year and talk about the players that are at the center of it all. Well, I think um, the, the major difference when you look at this basketball team compared to the previous three years, uh, they have a few things going. They have experience, uh, they uh, they have depth, and um, they have guys who understand exactly what Frank Martin wants as a basketball coach. Uh, they're, they're playing very efficiently as a basketball team. They're not turning the basketball over a whole lot. Uh, prior to, I think, the last game, uh, they were shooting, uh, for, uh, prior to France and Marion, they were shooting 40% from the three-point line. And remember, this is a team that um, that didn't particularly shoot the ball well. I think if there's been an Achilles heel for this basketball team, there's been perimeter shooting well. I don't think any of us would have expected this basketball team to be shooting 40% from the 
from the three point line. Uh, that's a very that's shooting at a very high clip. And uh, you know, offensively, uh, I don't think anybody expected this basketball team to be as as good as they are offensively. We always knew again the defense would be the calling card, but offensively they they're playing at a high level. And when you think about the Lithuanians now, you know, the Lithuanians haven't been they haven't been very good the last couple of games. And I think a lot of that, especially when you talk Memphis, a lot of that has to do with Memphis. Memphis uh, brings a different type of challenge to the table. They they brought athleticism. They brought size. They brought a toughness. Uh, they brought uh, some versatility, so to speak. And I think that bothered the Lithuanians. I think that bothered our post as in general. Um, the fresh uh, Chris Silver, P.J. Dozier, just nothing, nothing the other day. Uh, they're going to be good. Uh, but I thought the game against Memphis was a little bit too fast for them. Um, uh, Chris Silver was a little bit slow to react. Uh, he didn't do a good job of catching the finish. Uh, P.J., uh, I don't think, controlled uh, pace, controlled tempo like he normally does. He's been a guy that's played with terrific pace as a freshman, as a 6 7 point guard. Uh, the key to those two guys, uh, we need to have them playing as sophomores by next month this time. Uh, if they're continuing to play like freshmen, then I think uh, we could be in for some trouble. But if they're playing like sophomores next year, you're looking at a basketball team that could do a lot of work uh, come late February, early March. Um, Darius Starwell, Dwayne Notice, uh, I think those, those are the key cogs to whatever uh, this basketball team is doing because they're so good on both ends of the floor. Uh, they're what we call two-way players. Uh, they're effective on both ends of the floor, offensively and defensively, and they're the key to whatever we do on both both ends of the floor. Michael Kerr, again, has been the best basketball player, the most consistent basketball player for this team uh, because he's shown the ability to not only score, but he's a gut. He's the heartbeat of this basketball team. They follow him. He and Frank Martin are connected at the hip when you talk about the emotional side of the game. Uh, he's been terrific. And it was just, you know, Justin Mackey playing, you know, even though he's not playing a lot, but when he's, when he's in the game, uh, he's called on to come in and score. They want, Frank wants him to come in and score. Frank wants him to come in and be aggressive and, you know, knock down that perimeter jump shot when he gets the opportunity. And I think those are the key guys when you look at this basketball team and you look at, uh, what they've been able to do. They've been able to do it at a very consistent level and they've done it in a very unselfish manner. Kerry, I wanted to get you to talk about uh, the two Lithuanians, Kaichinis and Chad Kevishis. You've talked about Carrera, the heart and soul of the team. He leads the club in scoring 12.4 points a game. Carrera also leads the Gamecocks in rebounding at just over six rebounds a contest. So we know what we're going to get from Carrera. He's a good defender. He's an effort player, a hustle player, kind of wears his emotions on his sleeve. And I think he's a player that Gamecock fans have grown to love over the years. So we, we know what we're getting with Carrera. I did not know, Kerry, coming into the season, what we would get from the two Lithuanians. And I think Kaichinis and Chet Kevishis have shown tremendous development in this their senior year. These are guys that in the first couple of three years in the program, you know, I wasn't convinced that they were SEC caliber players, but they've really improved in their time with Frank Martin, and they're giving the Gamecocks some good minutes right now, both of them averaging double figures, and both of them in the starting lineup. Well, and, and both of them are seniors, and I think when you talk about the development over four years, uh, they are playing the way seniors are supposed to play. They've been around, uh, they've been through the war, so to speak, they've been through the conference several years, so they understand it. And, they understand Frank Martin. Uh, now, with that being said, as hard as they played 
the one thing that will always remain a challenge for them is just their ability or inability to play against athleticism in the paint. And that's why they haven't really been that good, um, you know, two games in particular. Uh, go back to the Clemson game when the, uh, Clemson was on that unbelievable run and the game slowed down and uh, the, the, the floor began to shrink a little bit, which means the floor got smaller. Um, uh, the bigs, the Lithuanians in particular, did not play well close to the basket. And that's because Clemson, much like Memphis, they have the ability to put guys out there who are athletic, who are tough, who are physical, and who challenge plays at the basket. And when you're challenging plays at the basket as the offensive player, you got to be able to finish through those guys at the basket, either with a dunk or just a power move that's going to draw a foul, maybe the way you can get an and one, finish the play, get to the free throw line. Uh, instead, we saw both of those guys miss a lot of chippies a lot of opportunities that were close to the basket. That remains the one concern for me as we enter SEC play. How well or how effective can the Lithuanians be against the more athletic front line that we're going to see in the front line? Even if they don't win every battle, if they can somewhat stay on par or find a way to not get badly outplayed, the guards are going to be good enough because of their two-way play to give this basketball team a chance to win a lot of games. All right, let's talk about the guards. Dwayne Notice, a player that we haven't talked much about yet, is the second leading scorer on this team, Kerry. 12.2 points per game for Dwayne Notice, and he has not started a game yet this year. He's been coming off the bench all year. Well, I think he should continue to come off the bench uh, because, for one, if he's not, if he's going to start, that means Shindarius is going to play the point. As much as I love and appreciate Shindarius as a utility basketball player, he's not a point. And um, against teams that are going to extend pressure, against teams that are going to speed you up. Um, you know, Sundarius is not the type of guy that's going to be able to break a defense down and make a really good pass to finish a play. Uh, so they need T.J. Dozier in the lineup to be able to do that. They need Marcus Stoneman in the lineup to be able to do that. I think Sundarius, uh, excuse me, Dwayne Notice is in the perfect role because I can tell you that when he comes into the game, Frank Martin wants him to score. When he comes into the game, Frank Martin wants him to be very, very aggressive. When he comes into the game, he has the green light to score at any given time as long as it's a good shot. I think that's great, and I think it makes it hard for defenses to prepare for that when that guy's coming off the bench. Kerry, the rock on this Gamecock men's team seems to be Sundarius Thornwell. We talked about Carrera, the heart and soul, but the, the rock of the team appears to me to be Sendarius Thornwell, he's played more minutes than anybody in the Gamecock jersey, averaging almost 30 minutes a contest, 11.4 points a game, leads the club in assists, and he's kind of been the guy that has held things together. And another veteran presence, an in-state product, Thornwell out of Lancaster, has been very closely watched ever since he joined the Gamecock team. And I like Sendarius Thornwell's patience, Kerry. You know, I think it would have been easy for him coming off of what some said was a slightly disappointing year last year. You know, I think it would have been easy for him to come in this year and look to score 25 a night, and he has not tried to do that. He very much makes it a point to fit into what Coach Martin is trying to do offensively, and he's having a solid year, albeit somewhat quietly. What do you think? Well, uh, I, I, I don't know whether you heard me say this or not, but I'm a big, big fan of Sandarius Thornwell. Uh, uh, he's the ultimate group guy. He's the ultimate team player. Uh, something else that may be, um, you know, 
uh, overlooked or, or minimized when you're talking about St. Darius' game. He has a tremendously high basketball IQ. He has a tremendously great understanding of how to play the game, which is why he's playing 30 minutes a game. Um, I, I think Frank, the other night, uh, I, I, I thought he said it best in describing today. He said, in the world of YouTube, in the world of highlights, uh, in, in the day of so many people getting excited about highlights and YouTube clips, Sundarius isn't a guy that's going to wow you with YouTube clips, even though he had that unbelievable dunk against Clemson. But don't minimize the fact that because he's not one of those guys, that there aren't things to appreciate. There aren't things to admire about what he brings to the floor. And I think that's what he brings more than anything else. And just a quick story of the Memphis game. Towards the end, he was at the free throw line. I think it was a four or five-point game. He missed the first free throw. And, you know, the team got nervous. The coaches got nervous. And he looked over at the bench, and he said, relax, I got it. He stepped up and made the free throw. And for me, it wasn't about the free throw. It was about his willingness and his confidence to look over and tell the team, relax, I got you, let me end this game. Uh, he wouldn't have done that last year. Carry a number of other players filling out role player positions for Frank Martin this year. And let's talk about the bench a little bit. Well, let's start with P.J. Dozier before we move to the bench. This is the All-American, McDonald's All-American from Spring Valley High School. Much was expected of him coming into his freshman year here, and he's getting some good minutes uh, coming in off the bench. And give us your assessment of P.J. Dozier at this early point in the season. Well, I I think a few things when it comes to the overall transition. For one, defensively, um, it's it, it, it been somewhat of a challenge. And the reason being is because, and, and, and this is what a lot of the high school players are going through. And there's no way you can blame the players because uh, they're only doing what their coaches instruct them to do. Uh, but, you know, before this year, P.J. Dozier has never played man-to-man defense. Uh, it's not just P.J. Dozier. You look over at Hammond um, High School with seven woods. as good as he is. His team plays zone. Uh, Chandler Mack, as good as he was at Drill, now playing at Texas, his team played zone. So that's been the biggest transition for high school kids coming out of, you know, coming out of Columbia, learning to play man-to-man defense. And not only do you learn to play man-to-man defense, but you play for a guy like Frank Martin that demands you to play at a high, high, high level. Uh, that's difficult. And also, fairness to PJ, another thing that he's struggling with is and, you know, I don't care who you are. When you're 6'7", and you're, you have the responsibility of keeping a 6'1", 6'2", scoring point guard in front of you, playing the way Frank and his team wants you to play, he wants you up on him. He wants you to crowd the space. He wants you to be able to touch him. Well, at 6'7", I don't care how athletic you are. I don't care how quick you are. I don't care how good of a defender you are. The odds of you keeping that guy in front of you, slim to none. So what PJ has to do, and there's nothing Frank can tell him, there's nothing the coaching staff can tell him, there's nothing anybody else can tell him, he has to be able to figure out how do I uh, proceed a step or two, taking a step back, because i got enough lift, I have enough range to where I can step, take a step back and still bother him with my size without compromising how Frank wants his teams to play defensively. He has to figure that out. Dwayne figured it out. Uh, Sundarius Thornwell, who's not the greatest athlete at 6'5", he figured it out. Well, P.J., through playing, 
he has to figure that out. Again, without compromising how Frank wants to play. But realistically, at 6'7", he's not going to be able to keep guys in front of him that are going to attack the basket. So through playing, through experience, he'll figure out a way to take a step off, uh, concede a step or two, while still applying pressure that Frank wants to be applied from that position. Carry a couple of other local products, guards here, Marcus Stroman from Keenan, Justin Mackey from Irmo. Talk about their role. You know, they're coming off of the bench. They've appeared in 12 games each this year. Talk about their roles with this team and what they've been able to contribute thus, uh, thus far and wh- where they may be headed and what they might be able to contribute moving forward. Yeah, well, I think both of them are ultimate role players for this team. Uh, when you think about Marcus Stroman, uh, he's a tremendous leader. Uh, he's a tremendous defender. Um, he understands how to run offense. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, because of his uh, inability to score from the perimeter, at times he becomes a liability for this basketball team, especially when the game slows down. Uh, it, it, it doesn't take long for scout reports to travel at this level. And once teams find out that you're not a threat, once teams find out that you're not really going to step up and, and try to become a threat on the offensive end, then they're not going to acknowledge you. They're not going to guard you. They're going to take that attention and give it to uh, another player, uh, probably that player that's pretty good offensively. So that's where Marcus Stroman uh, struggled that just his inability to score the ball from the perimeter. Justin Mackey, um, as a junior, um, you know, he, he's, he's getting opportunity to score the basketball. And uh, Justin has to, find, has to find a way to, you know, concentrate on the things that he does well. And the things that he doesn't do as well, uh, you know, maybe try to shy away from some of those things. But I do know that when he's in the game, Frank wants him to score the basketball when he's open because he's one of the best perimeter shooters on the basketball team. Carry a couple big men coming off the bench for Coach Martin are Chris Silva and Eric Cobb. Silva's getting about 14 minutes a night. Cobb, about eight minutes per ball game. Talk about their attributes and what they brought to the team this year. Well, when you think Silva, you think athleticism. You think motor. Uh, he plays with the high motor. He plays, uh, he plays with tremendous athleticism. He's become a crowd favorite. He's a He's a really good defender. Uh, with all of that being said, he's still a freshman. He's still a law freshman. This is only year number three when it comes to playing organized basketball. So uh, there will be growing pains. There will be some ups and downs. There will be some peaks and valleys. Uh, but because he plays with temper, because he plays with an unbelievable motor and the athleticism that he brings to the floor, uh, Frank will always give him an opportunity to go in and impact the game. Eric Cobb uh, certainly has really good footwork, I think, for him. Uh, the game is a little bit fast for him when it comes to his reaction time. And, you know, you know because of his athleticism or lack thereof, uh, you know, it could be somewhat of a challenge here in year number one until he gets a better understanding of how to use his body, until he gets a better understanding of how to carve out space. And more importantly, his reaction time has to be just a little bit quicker when it comes to finishing anything. Not there yet. All right, Kerry, how about uh, Jamal Gregory? He's gotten a little bit more playing time here the last couple of games out. What kind of player is he? Uh, he's a Frank Martin player. He's a defender. Um, he's a tremendous athlete. We talk about the athleticism that Chris Silver brings to the floor. Well, uh, this may surprise some people, but Jamal Gregory is more athletic, or certainly as athletic as Chris Silver at 6'4". And uh, I do know the coaching staff, uh, they're trying to find a way to find some time, find some more minutes for Jamal. Uh, that's why we've seen him get in the game a little bit more the last couple of games. Uh, it, it's just all, it, it's just the position he plays 
going to be hard to find time right there because that's what Dwayne and Sundays are, are, are playing. Those guys are going to those guys are going to satisfy most of those minutes. All right, so it's uh, Tamarcus Blanton, Ray Doby, John Reagan, and Jarrell Holloman all getting a little bit of playing time this year. None of them have more than 30 minutes of action on the season for the Gamecocks. So that's a pretty complete wrap-up, uh, a look at the Gamecock men's basketball team as South Carolina gets set to open SEC play Tuesday night at Auburn in a 7 o'clock Eastern tip. And then the Gamecocks will have their home opener for SEC play coming up on Saturday, 3 o'clock start at the Colonial Life Arena as the Gamecocks welcome in the Vanderbilt Commodores. Kerry, it's been a very exciting ride, early portion of the schedule here, a 13-0 and start for the Gamecocks, their best start since the Great Depression, and working on the longest winning streak right now since the Frank McGuire days. So Frank Martin in his fourth year starting to get results, Kerry, and we saw that as evidenced by the 13,000-plus that were on hand for the Memphis game. Over the weekend, and those crowds figure to continue to grow as the SEC schedule moves on. Big game, I think, for South Carolina to be able to get it done on the road. Um, it adds to the momentum, it adds to the excitement. And um, if they're able to get it done against Auburn, then you're talking about a very exciting crowd. You're talking about a great basketball atmosphere. Uh, that will be in place at the CLA come Saturday against Vanderbilt. All right, looking forward to seeing you there. Kerry, hope you had a great holiday season, and we appreciate you taking time to join us for a little bit of basketball talk here on Gamecock Central Radio. Thank you so much, Emerson. Thank you, Kerry. That's Kerry Rich, and I'm Emerson Phillips, and this is Gamecock Central Radio, and we got plenty more Gamecock men's basketball to talk about in the days and weeks to come right here on Gamecock Central Radio. Mm-hmm.